Hello and welcome to the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. I'm Mel Luizu and together with my guests, we explore all different aspects of leadership in higher education. With inspiring stories, practical tips and a little bit of fishiness, this show will help you dive deep into the leader you are and climb high, unleashing your power and potential. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. Before we get started, are you wanting to develop your leadership skills? Then why not join my six-month transformational leadership programme, which combines one-to-one coaching with live group sessions. To find out more, head over to my website, www.fishclimbtrees.co.uk or book a call with me using the Calendly link in the show notes. Together, we will dive deep and climb high. Today, I am so excited because we are going to be diving deep into our bodies. My guest is an extraordinary lady who I was fortunate enough to meet four or five years ago through a friend of mine and she has been instrumental in my development journey. As some of you know my journey started with neuro-linguistic programming and the wonderful Daryl Scott but I always describe our emotions, our actions, our behaviour as a big bowl and we find something that helps us and that helps us for a while but then we have to dive deeper and find more and more techniques, methods, ideologies and my guest today introduced me to a world that I had never considered. She took me from always using my brain to start to listen to my body. She is remarkable. The work that she does is groundbreaking. And I was fortunate enough before COVID to train with her on her creative kinesiology program. I cannot wait for us to dive into this conversation. Please welcome Shanann Bonser. Hi, Shanann. Hi, Mel. Thank you for that. (laughs) You are so very, very welcome. I know this is going to blow some people's minds, but it's so important. I've learned so much through the work that I have done with you. And I guess a really good place to start would be for you to share some of your journey with the audience today and how you've ended up working in this amazing space. Mm, Thank you. Yes, so I think it's important to say that I came from a very practical background of hospitality management. I was trained in hotel and catering from age 13. That was what I was going to do. I went to catering college. I did a degree, worked in London in high-end restaurants. And then I went traveling uh, as a delayed birthday present from my mum and dad. And something happened to me out there that... When I was in Asia Pacific and Australia, that all of a sudden I realized I didn't know who I was. Away from actually London catering, this is who I was going to be. There was a greater question of actually, who am I? 
And I really played with that through traveling and I didn't come back. I traveled for about three years and then came back to the UK realizing I still didn't know who I was. But during that time, I experienced awe-inspiring nature. I experienced cultures that blew my socks off. And I started to get a sense of another language being spoken beyond my brain, whether that's heart, body, energetic, I'm not quite sure. I think it's a combination of all three. And that led me into really, I guess, diving deep into a world of new age hippiedom ungroundedness, which was the complete opposite of where I was before. And I experienced some wonderful teachers who were very stern with me and told me to get grounded. You know, I was nothing but being a flake, basically. Some good life life lessons came along there. <laughs> and then I was really privileged to meet Carrie Jost, who's the head of creative kinesiology, and did some psychotherapy work and creative kinesiology work with her. And she really brought me into my body. And at that point on, then that led later as life evolved, I did her training without realizing I was doing the foundation course. I fell into it. And then all of a sudden I was on the professional course. And then all of a sudden I was on the next one. And now all of a sudden I was on the teaching course. And, and so it was almost like once I hit that niche of understanding what it's like to be in my body and understanding how it is to hold space for another person and groups of people and to listen with all of my body to what was going on, that the world just presented me in a way without wanting to sound too weird and way out, but the world presented me with a path forward. And I live in a beautiful remote place in Wales where I do my work predominantly online with COVID now, because then that was another leap of going, moving from face to face, body work, working with another person's body to working online and realizing actually I can do it online as well. I can listen to another person's body from a distance too. So, yeah. Fantastic. And I didn't know. We both started out in the same field, hospitality management. How weird is that? I never knew that about <laughs> How weird is that? Very head orientated place. <laughs> Absolutely. And I suppose I'd be really interested to understand for you, what was that shift? What did you notice when you started to come out of your head and listen to your body? Such a good question. Um, well, I suppose, actually, interestingly, when I started to come out of my head and listen to my body, the first thing I hit was trauma. The first thing I hit was actually the difficulty of listening to my body, where my body didn't feel safe. And I think that's really important for uh, people to be aware of, because quite often our head is a very safe place. You know, we're there and that's our, our natural orientation or it can be our natural orientation. And when we travel into our body, all of a sudden there might be a block. There might be something that we're not listening to. There might be some place that is holding trauma. And when I say trauma, it doesn't have to be big. It could be big trauma, but it doesn't have to be big. Because what the body doesn't complete holds on as a trauma cycle. So it's, it's almost sort of like the body needs to complete a cycle and release something. If at any point of that cycle it gets stopped, 
our bodies hold on to it. And that's when we can bounce or when I could bounce straight back out into my head again, because actually it was too painful. It was too shocking. I was too nervous. I was too overwhelmed. All of the above, all at once, without being able to understand any of it. But it was somehow easier to be in my head or even as New Age Fluffball, completely out of my body. Yeah. And I think that that is so interesting. And certainly in the work that I have done with you and with others is that I have much more awareness now about my body. I listen to it. But I also know that it's not just trauma. But for me, when I'm in a high performance state, when I've just had a brilliant coaching session with a client, or I've, I've run a day with a group of people, and it's been amazing, I just get really, oh, and I know that I leave my body, I, I literally, I'm just, I'm not, as you say, grounded, and, and connected. And I think, for some people out there, all of these terms that we're using are might be quite new for them. So I think let's let's start with creative kinesiology. We've talked about that. What is creative kinesiology? How would you describe it? So if I start with kinesiology, kinesiology is as a therapy is known quite often for muscle testing for food and supplements. It's a movement of a body. That's what kinesiology is. It's how the body moves. It's the science of how the body moves. And how kinesiology works in the context of muscle testing or muscle checking is that the muscle that a substance of food or in our case in creative kinesiology or in other kinesiologies, an emotion, a part of the body is introduced. If the body likes it, then a muscle is tested. If the body likes it, that muscle then holds and responds. And there's a firmness, there's a surety in the body. If for whatever reason, the body doesn't like this. And when I say body, physical body, nutritional body, mental body, emotional body, energetic body, it's all levels of the body. So if one part of the body doesn't like it, the muscle then collapses and it switches off. So that's kinesiology in its core. And there's so many nuances within that. And then creative kinesiology is much more about listening to the body is tracking the body. That's what we call it. We don't call it muscle testing. It comes from the premise that actually your own body is its own expert. And somewhere, some part of you knows exactly what's going on. And we just need to listen, listen to our bodies quietly, because sometimes it takes quite a while to get to that place to see what the body wants to share. And it can go wide with creative kinesiology, as in the name, anything Anything goes in some respect. It can, you know, go into epigenetic history. It can go into past childhood history. It can go into emotional. It could go into polyvagal theory. It could go into the cell. It could go anywhere. And that's that's the beauty of it. And I think for me as well, the elements that I, I've taken and I now use with my clients is that you don't actually have to understand it. When we're using our brain... We want a reason. We want to know why we want to apply logic. But actually, when we go into our bodies, we don't need that context. It can be a feeling or a sense. And that is so, so powerful. But we need to be able to tune into that, don't we? Yeah. And to tune in, knowing that there are lots of different layers. 
Yeah. The first layer might come up, the second layer might come up. Then there might be a defense, which could be anything that defense, an uneasiness, a, a settlement. So it's then listening to that place, not crashing through it, just listening and listening and listening. And then at some point, oh, okay, that's okay. I'm being listened to. I can let go. And that is exactly why our heads are so safe. Even, you know, our head thinks it's in control. So for people that are listening to this going, oh, okay, I want to maybe give this a go, perhaps on their own before they then seek out somebody like you to walk that journey with them. What is the best way for them to start to tune in, I guess, to their bodies? So something I do a lot with people is simply getting them to sit back putting one hand on your belly and which I'm doing right now actually as we're talking and sort of feeling first the clothes against my hand and then rubbing my belly gently and then with that rubbing of that gentle rubbing I'm feeling the the clothes moving against my skin I'm feeling the warmth of my hand coming to my belly and within that you might find a release just by doing that And it's like a nice circular motion sort of, you know, clockwise around the belly button. Within that, you might find a release of a sigh. Some people do little burps or yawn. And it's just that that sensation of moving and rubbing and then possibly sending your breath down there as well or witnessing your breath, knowing that actually it's okay. Your breath might be high. Oh, you're high. You're up in my chest. That's okay. There's no right. There's no wrong. And then, but just knowing that bringing attention to breath changes the breath. And then just keeping on rubbing and going, I actually send out a thought of, hello, oh, you know, hello down there. How are you doing? How are you doing? And then just seeing how I feel from before to afterwards. And most of the time it settles people. It brings that to that place of, "Ah, okay. It's, you know, earlier you talked about that excitement of going out of your body. Yeah. It's very hard to be out of your body while rubbing your belly and going, oh, hello, belly. How are you doing? It's a really easy, simple way of settling, of coming back in. And then if that feels okay, you can possibly expand your awareness to other places, to your feet, to your heart, to your hands, and just see what happens when you do that. Yeah. And as you were talking, I have been rubbing my belly and it does create this wonderful sense of calm and it's almost like you're giving yourself a hug you know that connection that closeness and that is what that motion does and it's really very beautiful so as you're listening to this listeners any listeners out there just notice what happens when you rub your belly in a circular motion as you continue to listen to the rest of this podcast conversation That's fantastic. And then the other thing that we've talked about Mm. is about being grounded and what that means. So if if people are thinking, well, what does that actually mean and how do I do it? That for me, a part of me goes, where do I start with that? (laughs) (laughs) I love to give you a challenge. You know that. (laughs) I know that. I know that. So I suppose the opposite of being grounded is when I'm in my head, when my head takes over because then I lose my connection with the rest of my body or my feet. And I can be quite head orientated. I can be quite goal orientated. I can be quite focused and my body then gets left behind. And then that creates stress. So 
for me, a really good way of describing being grounded is what it feels like to inhabit all of my body at the same time. Knowing that that as well might be quite a, a challenging concept because people might go, well, of course I'm inhabiting my body. But actually it's that sense of really taking the time to feel what I'm sitting on, taking the time to feel what I'm walking on, taking the time to breathe, but to notice when my head is taking control of situations or where I'm going or what I'm doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's that being grounded is a way of, for me, is of being focused because being in my body, being grounded doesn't mean that I'm not focused. It's not fluffy or flaky, even though the concept might be a new one to people. It's where I can be most efficient, where I can do the, you know, what I need to do with the minimum energy. And also listening to the cues that come in from my body of what happens if I was to do that now? I know that's not in the plan. What happens if I was to do that now? Oh, look at that. That leads me here. And oh, that leads me there. And oh, look at that. I come full circle, but in a different way, seeing stuff I didn't know before. So it's, it's like listening to the cues of where I'm going in a different way. And for me, part of being grounded it's about being really connected to earth and about really plugging myself into earth because I am very um, aware, as we all are, of climate chaos, of changes. And for me, part of that is that how I contribute to that is when I separate my humanness from earth. And that's when my head takes control. If I come back to my heart and my feet and I plug in, and it's like, actually, how connected am I? I'm here on this planet. How do I use gravity as a source of anchoring and also creating space within my body? So it's like that as I breathe in, gravity comes up. As I breathe out, I sink further into gravity. It's almost sort of if I was walking on a moss bed, if I was to get up, my feet would leave a really firm impression. That's my sense of being grounded. Brilliant. Does that work? It does. And I'm listening to the bird song as well. <laughs> the birds are totally getting this. Totally getting it. Well, that's it, because birds just are, aren't they? Yes, they are. It's just like trees just are. If I can do just be as I am, plugged in, then I'm part of Earth. Then I know I'm not coming from my head perspective, but from a whole body perspective. Yeah. In city environments, in work environments. It's unfeasible to expect people to go outside to be grounded or to connect with earth in some way. So um, for me, imagination is key. If you can imagine it, you can create it. And that's really key with this. And so imagining literally that you are walking on a muddy path or that you're, you're standing outside. So that's the first thing. It's just sort of feeling that imagining sense of, having sand between your toes or grass under your feet with the smell of new mown grass coming in. So that creates the senses of life. So that comes into the body as a start. A really good one that I love doing is getting people to stand up with a nice loose knee stance, you know, hips, about feet about hip width apart and really wiggling your bum. 
and I, and I really mean a proper wiggle. A lot of people are quite hesitant to bum wiggle and you get out a tail. So you imagine a tail coming up, no wispy little cat tails coming up, but a really great big tail that hits the ground. And it's almost sort of like, and as you wiggle, you feel that tail coming out and hitting the ground. And just like that gives you almost like a third leg of stability. And that helps to ground. Breathing again, coming back down to the belly rub, because the belly rub is also really great at grounding. It takes you out of your head, down into your body. And if you do have the possibility of being outside or being in your garden in the morning, walking barefoot is key. There's a lot of really good literature on grounding about actually how walking barefoot can really help to shift your perspectives, come down into your body. It gives your body a little bit of a wake up call in the morning leaning up against a tree, just feeling the roots, feeling and imagining, feeling and imagining your roots going down with a tree. And just then notice how that feels, how that feels to be in my body. Yeah. And there are lots and lots of different ways that you can can ground. And as you say, it's the imagination. And for me, always the most powerful and the quickest ones, I think, really are about my feet, as you said, and and really imagining it and imagining that connection to earth. So out there, please give it a go and please let us know what you experience, how you feel at the end of that. There is just so much that we could talk about here. And for a moment, I'm going to bring you into my world, which, you know, is a slightly strange. So when have you had in your life? And I know there's been plenty of occasions. When have you had to dive deep and what impact has that had on you? Mm, yeah, I've been pondering this. I thought this question might come up because I've listened to a couple of your podcasts from series one. They were brilliant. Um, so I've really been pondering this in terms of when have I had to dive deep and dive deep for me. And there's something in that there was a recognition for me that I inhabit deep places. That is my natural place to be that place of working out what's what's happening beneath the surface and so that diving deep comes very naturally to me where I feel that I really enjoy that I feel it's the stretch because I enjoy being stretched I enjoy being challenged and within that where I feel that is is when I'm moving from from one period of doing something into a period of growth it's almost sort of like actually well can I do this can I do this I've got this idea I've need to manifest that I need to dive deep to find the nitty-gritty and how do I do that have I gone deep enough and part of that I guess comes about for me in the more mundane actually in the more rather than through my work because it is those places where I need to um, be very present for my family. I have a daughter who's who's chronically ill. And so in terms of that, it's like it's a continual diving deep to find the resources to ensure that she feels held, that she is OK, that uh, we're doing the best we can for her. And in terms of those stretchy places, um, where sometimes I don't feel like I have a clue what I'm doing, but I've got a trust that something is coming good is coming out at the end. That is so good. I love that because there are some of us that, you know, through the work that we do, that's the place that we go 
is to dive deep for that part of our work or whatever it might be but there are other aspects in our lives where we don't and and diving deep applies to us as as a holistic being really yeah so I love that and I also have to say that you have been fundamental in helping me to to dive deep and actually by diving deep I was able to to write my book I was able to create this podcast and and it is no word of a lie that if I had not been working with you I don't think either of those projects would even have come into my consciousness let alone been realized so I thank you for that you are the person that created the mad world of fish climbing trees (laughs) I think it's great because actually this is what it's about it's empowering other people it's really not about me or anything like that it's about actually opening people up to there there's your way forward it's like you've got it all inside you part of you knows exactly what it is we just got to open the door to it yeah I totally agree totally totally agree so (laughs) you've dived deep you now know when have you felt like a fish that climbed a tree Oh, this is a, that's another really great one, isn't it? Um, so many times, I think that the first place that keeps on coming back to me is when I'm somewhere that's out of my comfort zone. So especially as my young traveling self in different cultures and realizing that from that Western white middle class female perspective, the world does not revolve around me. And, and really understanding that actually that there is something within me that has to morph and change in order to be accepted, whether that is my attitude to uh, my clothing or cultural sensitivities or food or how I carry myself in a public space. So I, th- I think that was key and that's been key in terms of informing me through my life in terms of actually really paying attention to my surroundings and knowing that actually it's me that has to change not I can't expect everything else everything to revolve around me so that's that's one thing because I've been pondering that and that kept on coming back and then the other place where it's it's about bridging these worlds again it's about bridging the world sounds a bit weird it's about bridging from one dynamic to another dynamic it's about moving from one aspect to another is it's like that place of right I need to manifest this I need to do that I need to shift and change and become something that I don't entirely feel comfortable with so for example I was having some promotional pictures done the other day and I was a complete fish climbing a tree it's a nightmare for me in terms of that actually presenting myself in that static place because actually I I quite like to be a fish that's swimming rather than climbing a tree I love that I'd rather be swimming than climbing a tree perfect brilliant thank you so so much I say this to every one of my guests but I mean this even more with you I could chat to you all day but I guess we have to bring this conversation to a close at some point so how can people get in touch with you, find out more about creative kinesiology, find out more about you, connect with you. Great, thank you. So I have two websites, uh, kinesiologywales.com and chananbonsa.com. 
and then creative kinesiology is uh, creativekinesiology.org and that creative kinesiology that comes to the school website so that's about training specific foundation to professional levels and then kinesiology wells is much more my therapy and workshop based and the chanan bonsa one is a little bit more my other offerings that i do yeah i'm there on instagram as chanan bonsa uh facebook is kinesiology wells linkedin chanan bonsa and i lurk on twitter so i will put all of those links in the show notes and it just remains for me to say thank you so much i've recorded this for the audience out there but actually it's just been lovely to learn more about your journey and and hear your ideas in a setting where i'm not having to learn or wanting to grasp every every ounce of knowledge from you so that's been really wonderful I would here and now like to invite you back to do a part two or a continuation or something else that we can we can talk about, because I think that this for me is such a key area. I'm still learning and growing in this. And we've just just touched a tiny, tiny part of it, the real surface today. So I'd love to dive deeper into it if you're happy to come back. Absolutely. Fantastic. I shall look forward to recording that. In the meantime, what words of wisdom would you like to leave our audience with today? I think the key thing is to remember to keep rubbing your bellies, to keep breathing and talk to your body. Just to just to start going, hello, how are you? And starting that movement pattern of allowing your brain to become integrated with the rest of your body. So allowing your brain to be part of your body and to take that thing we're always told as, or I was always told as a child, don't let your heart rule your head, to have your your head and your heart ruling together because together it's complete key. It brings in compassion. It brings in everything else. And it's like actually just to keep coming back and okay, here we are, and here we are again, and we're sitting here again, and we're sitting here again. And to know it's such tiny steps, and tiny steps climb the hugest of mountains, and we can't do these things really, really fast. We've just got to do really slowly, and occasionally we'd sprint across a field or or make a, you know, climb a scree really quickly, and then other times we've just got to go, okay, just one small step at a time, and it's, it's where we're at. And gentle with ourselves and those around us thank you for listening to this week's episode of the dive deep climb high podcast with me mel luizu to help build our community of leadership listeners please leave me an apple podcast five-star review remember our fishy adventure doesn't have to end here connect with me on linkedin instagram and twitter Links are in the show notes. Dive deep, climb high, can do leadership in a world of can't.